Good morning, world. It is Friday. It is time for another podcast for the Worldwide Cat. And my compadre across from me is home. This is KG of the Houston Round Bar View. Thank you once again, once again for listening to another installment of the KG and the Fifth Water Wildcat podcast. As Cuthbert, get with those scores, sir. All right, let's start out with um, San Jack. Well, men's soccer beat um, Coastal Bend 6 0. Now it's 8 4 1 for the season. Women's basketball, women's volleyball, which is nationally ranked, are now 23 3 after beating Lee College 3 0 in a match uh, this past week. Uh, now we have uh, Rice. Women's soccer beat Southern Miss 3 1. Women's uh, cross country finished 12th. Out of 37 teams, women's volleyball swept UTEP 3-0. Men's golf finished 11th out of 15 teams. Men's cross country finished 22nd out of 30, 35 teams at the pre-nationals invitational. HBU women's golf finished third at the uh, MSU Payne Stewart Memorial. Women's volleyball went 3-1. Match uh, had a 3-1 match win over Stephen F. Austin. Courtney Whittleman became the first Lady Husky to get 2,000 digs. Matt Perry picked up his fourth Great West Conference runner of the week. Men's soccer defeated ORU 2-1. Texas Southern women's soccer lost to Mississippi Valley 2-3. Women's volleyball swept UT Pan American 3-0. And St. Thomas men's soccer beat Texas College 3-2 and are now on a four-game win streak. And that is my scores for the week, sir. What's on your mind today? Nonsense of the NBA. Let's get that crap out of the way. Might as well, because I'm telling you, they just messing with our economic value here in the city of Houston. And uh, the owner's side and the players met with a mediator, George Cohen, Good guy. top mediator in the United States earlier this week for Let's see, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for 30 hours combined, I believe, only to end up with you know, Mr. Cohen basically saying, I've been on I can right now. These guys, both these sides are so entrenched in what they believe that there's no point in meeting any further. So uh, the owners, uh, Deputy Commissioner Adam Silver, spoke on Thursday. Basically, part of his introduction was uh, like to apologize to uh, the fans, to the employees, people we impact, but uh, we do not come to an agreement. Uh, so many choice words I could use right now, but I want to respect Be the listeners. Be careful. Um, thank you, Mr. Silver, for uh, yes, apologizing to the fans and the people impacted, the employees, workers in the building, et cetera, et cetera, and still not getting a deal done. And then later on, uh, the players spoke, Billy Hunter, Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher, point blank, basically called Adam Silver a liar. He said what uh, Mr. Silver had told the media guy, the media on Thursday was factually incorrect. So, you know, lying, spinning, however you want to call it. Bottom line is, no meetings are scheduled anytime soon, which may change between uh, Friday and next week. Who knows? Blah, 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 blah. Expect more games to be canceled, more regular season games to be canceled in addition to the first two weeks of the season. There's, there's so many different areas to go into the, all of this discussion. Uh, I care, obviously I care about basketball, I care about the NBA, and the frustration in my voice you can probably tell, which shows how much I do care about it, but it comes a point that you just got to move on. When, uh, when these guys reach an agreement, and they will at some point, inevitably it's going to happen, be it uh, December 2011, 
or December 2012 or December 2013, whatever, an agreement will be reached. My question to you, sir, is why do you believe, or have you noticed, that regarding the NFL, the public perception was more in favor of the NFL players and more anti-owners than in the NBA case? Two things. One, one game a week. Two, football, just like Ray Lewis mentioned, it is a part of our lives for whatever reason. Football, period, is a part of our lives every day. It means something to show up on the weekend to the average Joe fan wearing a jersey, whether it be high school, college, or professional, and it just means something. I, I don't. I, I can't quite explain to what extent because to each fan it's different. But it just means something to sit and watch guys collide amongst each other like gladiators. Even though it's a team sport, we as fans, including myself, look at football totally different than any other sport, team sport that's out there. That, that that sounds plausible and realistic and et cetera, et cetera. I think it's much crap. Uh, for from this perspective, well, who who because football is truly a team sport. But who's more, who's the most who's the more who's the more popular athlete? LeBron James, Peyton Manning. Basketball guys. Okay. So, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't come across as to the extent that folks will take savings to do, to take a family, uh, buy season tickets to football rather than folks showing, because you and I have both watched the league over what the last three years, uh, attendance has steadily dropped off for whatever reason. Well, I mean, part of the economy, I mean, attendance in a lot of sports is dropped off. But football, 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 football once a week, but aren't those tickets expensive? A lot more so than, uh, than than basketball. Which brings me to my point again. Folks find a way, like I said, they find a way to get that done when it comes to football. They just do. Okay. And I, and I think a lot of football fans are lemmings as well because they put up, up until recently, they put up with buying, spending all their money, uh, season tickets, including the crappy, non-meaning, non-important preseason games. It's because part of the package. Right. It's part of the package. But if those fans stop spending the money, Years ago, that crap would have been cut out. And that's why you finally saw the owners and players saying, well, you know, maybe we need to get rid of four preseason games, cut it down to two. Because fans, you, you see the game on TV, there's empty seats. So owners probably realize, well, damn, that fans are not buying all this stuff. They're not spending money like we thought they were not coming to these games. Maybe we need to think about this and change our tune. So I think Smart, because I, I, the bottom I, I, line I, I, is all this, all this stuff. Group. Smarter group. All this, all this stuff. Group. Fans are the consumers, right or wrong? Smarter group. Right or wrong? Fans are the consumers. So yeah. if they spend their money or not, that's going to impact the bottom line of the owners and the players, correct? Yep. Okay. But, smart but group. I have another theory I want to throw out there. And if it may piss some folks off, I really don't care. During the NFL lockout discussion, sir, when the owners came out and spoke, when the players came out and spoke, DeMore Smith, even when you saw the players' uh, representatives holding press conferences, did you see some white players? Yes, I did. 
you know, that they came up. Did we mention the podcast? How many white players have you seen? How many white basketball players have you seen speak up in any press conference? I hadn't seen a one stand behind Derek Fisher. I hadn't seen one stand behind uh, uh, Hunter in, in those in those little little tight shots now because you and I both know if you see one, that shot will be a lot wider than, than, than what we're seeing on TV. Am I wrong? So, yes, I'm going there. For all the listeners out there, I'm not saying it is the factor in reasons why the fans are, seem to be more pro-owner in the NBA uh, mess rather than uh, pro-player compared to the NFL. But honestly, I think both the owners and the players are both uh, full of egos and and just entrenched in their beliefs. And instead of getting a deal done, they're just uh, wasting our time, you know, with rhetoric and nonsense and, and he said, he said kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's occurred to me that for a, however big the group of fans may be, when you see the NBA press conferences and when you see the people speaking for the players, there is not one white face, one Caucasian face up there speaking to the media. So I just wonder if that is a part of, could be small, big, or whatever, it's for anybody to listen to determine if that could be a part of why there so, seems to be so anti-player in this discussion. Because we're talking about everybody talking about, well, you know, the owners are offering a 50-50 split. So the players should take that as a no-brainer. Okay, listen to where the players are coming from. The players had 57% of the BRI. So if they're going to go down to 50, is 7% of roughly 7% at 1 percentage point, about $40 million. So that's $280 million a year gone. Now, that you're getting them take in the cut. And that's a real number. So when, you, when, you, when the players offer the 53%, when you talk to an accountant that deals with numbers on a daily basis, and you mentioned a drop of four percent, which is what they dropped off to. They right. dropped that off. That's right. That's what was going for seven fifty three. Correct. Accountants know that's a real number. That's valid. That that money you can make that up. But for whatever reason, I don't know why. But the owners are just hard set on either a hard cap, not listening to real numbers. And we're on a 50 50 split. And I'm asking you, is it the, the old guard that has put their foot down or this new guard that has come in on the last, what, 10 years? It, it's, 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 the, it's the new guard. It's the small, it's the small market owners really holding firm. Uh, Billy Hunter touched on it. You and I have talked about this for years, the last two years, that the new owners, the small market owners, want an NHL style cap in the NBA. And the players do not want that. And that is where that is the crux of this whole argument. The new small the small market owners or the new owners want an NHL hard cap in the NBA. The players do not want that. So until one side caves or they decide to agree to truly negotiate and reach an agreement, then we will have these discussions and podcasts touching on no basketball in the NBA for months, weeks, what year, hopefully not years, but that's what that's what it comes down to. And folks, we are real close. Uh, to literally not having a season at all. And it's not because um, somebody has tried, which you did now, like you mentioned, uh, Mr. Cohen, who, who, who tried, attempted to bring the parties to the table and reach an amicable uh, agreement and now has found out, which is what the league really didn't want was an outsider to come in and find out something's wrong and somebody needs to 
at least put feelings aside. I'll put it like that. No, that, that's one thing. Is is with the uh, I mean, Derek Fisher questioning the veracity of Adam Silver's words. Right. It's getting personal now. It's, 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 that's twice. And they, you and don't want to get to the third strike because third right. strike will you mean know, leave. That means no season. With the Wayne Way, you know, telling David Stern. Don't treat me like a child. I said, you know, the negotiations are getting personal, you know, so that is a problem. The more and more, the longer it goes on, it doesn't look good for a season this year. I still hold out, the, what do they call it, faint hope, a glimmer of hope. I still hold out that there will be some, a 50 game season this year, 2011, 2012 season. But in terms of the players, you know, players, Billy Hunter, Jack Fisher, Kevin Garnett, a lot of players saying, you know, we're going to hold firm, we're going to hold firm, how long it takes, we're going to sit out a year, we're going to have long takes to get a fair agreement, that's what we're going to do. But what I say to them is, if you lose a season, if you lose two seasons, you're not getting that money back. So you can be true and firm and in your principles and maintain your convictions and all those wonderful attitudes. But you're not getting that money back. So at some point, you need to realize that and reach an agreement. Every a majority of people believe that the players got over the, the owners in the previous agreement. The agreement is not expired. Right. So accept that. Be thankful for it. You had a great run at it. Yes, you know the. You picked up money that you didn't think you, you would know, get. Right. This summer with the escrow money coming back to you for the first time, and the owners. Most owners are full of crap, but they're the owners. They're billionaires, and they're going to be wealthy, not just rich, wealthy, long after you are done playing basketball. That's true. So you need to realize that and reach an agreement. If it means you're going to have to grab your ankles, do so, and earn a check. Wow. Because you really went there. You see, you see why I, I am with this, because I don't understand some... Something of something is better than nothing of nothing. That's true. Okay. And you're not both know what that means. So if if it's a check is better than no check. Sure. That's what that's, that's hitting them. The bottom line, a check is better than no check. Now of course the owners will are taking a risk and saying if the season's canceled they're losing money as well, but they still have money to lose. And they uh, some of the players do not have money to lose. And, and to a, a fault, the owners have said it's probably worth more of us to us rather to not have a season and put something else in that spot as, as far as dates in, right. in the building exactly. r- r- rather than open the doors up and not have anybody show up and and that just and it goes back to to one thing that that makes the NFL really a cash cow I I saw this this morning early revenue sharing why are they having such an issue with that part of the deal? The owners aren't even, they don't even want to discuss it with the players. They're trying to hammer out the basketball-related income. Because I know that has come up. The main issue, all they're saying is that we're going to increase revenue sharing to be three times as much as it was in the old agreement. You know, it was about $56 million in the old agreement. They promised to increase to $150 to $180 million in the new agreement. But they don't want to discuss that without reaching an agreement on the basketball-related income. They're maxed up on the 50-50. The owners wanted 47%. Uh, players proposed 53%. 50-50 seemed fair. Thursday, the players said, okay, we're willing to give you a range. They called it a ban. They referred to it as a ban. From 50 to 53%. 
if times are not, if the revenue and income is not great for in certain seasons, the players are willing to take 50%. If the league has a great year, great numbers, higher numbers, then they would get 53% back. Owners apparently said no. It's 50-50, take it or leave it. That's where we are right now. In the discussion, let's talk about uh, Big 12 Media Day or Conference Realignment. We have, let's talk about Conference talk about Conference Realignment because, you know, as a Houston Cougar alum. Y'all, y'all finally going somewhere. Well, well finally. apparently, um, you know, Chronicle, it may change. The Chronicle, uh, you know, our colleague, buddy, Sam Kahn, you know, has been doing a great, a tireless job keeping track of all this uh, realignment not, talk. Probably not sleeping at night. Just oh, he's not, 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 not a lot. No, he's not. Um, that the Big East has, the same, you know, Chronicle reported that Big East has invited Houston to join the Big East Conference as a new member. Uh, you know, SMU has been talked about joining as well. It'd be one of the, the six schools invited, along with Boise State, Air Force, etc. You know, the academies. If that doesn't, and see, but the problem is, it all hinges on what Missouri does. Missouri decides to leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC, and that's then they talk that the Big 12 will take Louisville from the Big East, uh, Louisville, West Virginia, most likely, rather than Cincinnati, to to join the Big 12. Why the Big 12? would want those two schools rather than just go ahead and invite U of H, you know, makes too much geographical sense, but this is all about money and about football and all about whoever and all and then all the world. That big R word came apparently up. Apparently it's all about recruiting. Uh, Texas not one U of H in the Big 12 because recruiting. they were that R word right there. That word came up this week. So, this week. you know, we'll see. But it seems like Houston will be a part of the Big East. Uh, you know, who knows how long the Big East will be you know, I'm going to qualify in the BCS to re- receive all of the money. I think it's, that part of it is not as worrisome as some people believe. You know, 2013 is when new discussions will, for the new contracts for BCS will go out. But uh, I think Houston in the Big East football-wise, it's won't impact travel much because, you know, football team doesn't travel much like the, the other sports, right. basketball and track and softball. That's the sport that's, that's why, going to be impacted. That's, in a, that's in a, why Boise has been invited league. football only. Right. Boise State just been invited football only to join the Big East. And Boise State, the president said on uh, Saturday that they have a lot of options. You know, there's a pretty good to dance right now. So they, oh, yeah. they're getting uh, requests from other leagues. So they, I think, might be one to stay in the Mountain West. This is their first year at month or two that they've been in in that league so that's if they want to leave there because if they leave this year the exit fee is ten million dollars rather if they leave next season it's you know it's much less so it's uh, it's once again it's a, it's a fluid situation personally i think you know in a perfect world i like you being the big 12 that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So the Big East may be the next best, best option. Oh, I mean, it's more money for the schools. More, it's more prestige, especially basketball-wise. Even if certain schools like Louisville leaves Big East, even though Louisville in West Virginia and Cincinnati apparently agreed to the new $10 million exit fee. And we, and we know some of them. president said that's, that's not a big deal. Well, somebody said, I don't see a president. Yeah. Louisville's representative said that's not a, won't be a big issue. Meaning they so, have they have fun. They have money to do that. Yeah, that's, you know. You know. Just, oh, and also uh, Chris Peterson just got a uh, another installment on his. Uh, Chris Peterson, coach at, of Boise State. Yes, at uh, uh, on his uh, contract this week. So yeah, Boise State football is in good hands, even though they have uh, a few NCAA run-ins uh, this summer. You know, for past indiscretions. And they also lost their uh, uh, AD in the process. So right, but they're you know they're they are 
they, they, they're accorded right now. Everybody wants them so they help their, their AQ automatic qualifying status for the BCS Bowl. So Boise State is, is in demand. But U of A is being the Big East. It's great for football. I'm curious to hear about the uh, travel plans, the scheduling plans for the basketball track. What is does the Big East have track? Yeah. I'm assuming obviously I'd say everybody, it everybody has cross country but because you know it's, is but, it good? Is it competitive? Is it you know what I'm saying? Well you ain't going there and kick butt expected kick butt in, in Big East track. Well first of all And tell me about Big East baseball. Now that is different. They do have uh, Big East baseball. Those teams are competitive. When they start playing. And now that is the reason why because of the weather. Weather. Right. But but that's why the the the, the season was moved for the back. Because they they felt like it was an uh, unless they had a pitcher that was that, that was strong and at least one 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 good fielder they would you know make it to regional. But right now, as of last yeah as of last season, now the season starts in mid February toward first uh, of March as far as you know on a, games on a regular basis because of the West Coast and the South those about, teams can start. How about Biggie softball? Uh, Biggie softball, yes, relevant. Always relevant. Softball, you can play year round, no matter what. And the only thing stops softball, just like the. the like so, so you're telling me it, that. It's a weather wise. Yes, the, Houston Cougars wouldn't. Cohen would not be expected to go in there and, and be number one on that. No, no, no. no. Okay. No. I mean, you know, softball, that's, that's more of your area. Mr. College Sports Reporter. Yeah. That's more your domain than it is mine. And speaking of Mr. College Sports Reporter, your website is, sir? It is kingsizeview.com. It's where you can find the College Sports Reporters. And my here too. Yes, and, and just speaking of that, you, once again, you your, your big head made a made relevant sighting again this week. Uh, you, you said I haven't looked at the. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll I'll get to that in a second. Go ahead. Okay. Say about the how folks can find you. And uh, also, you can find me. Uh, my blog is aksvz. CSR.blogspot.com. Uh, my video uh, one-on-ones this week at the uh, Big 12 Women's uh, Day Media in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. The, uh, fifth, uh, the uh, KGN and the Fifth Ward Wildcat were on site, taking care of our business as usual. And uh, uh, KG, your, uh, as they say, headshot. Was seen again and the uh, Big 12 Women's Day uh, Photo Gallery uh, at the. Uh, well, uh, you know, at, so you tell me, I, I haven't seen it yet. I know I, I, my, I was in a picture, I think, a couple years ago at Big 12 Media Day. And uh, just briefly, you know, uh, my website, HoustonRoundBarView.com. Um, well, both of us are on Twitter. I'm at T H E H R Review on Twitter. I have a Houston Roundball Review fan page on Facebook and YouTube channel, Houston Roundball. As well, and and I'm speaking for the Wildcat on this one. We're gonna want to help him get his YouTube uh, stuff started, so he'll be announcing that as well in, in future podcasts. So we're everywhere. We're trying to be progressive. We're trying to be proactive in this this uh, new age, digital age, and trust me, folks, and be ahead of the curve compared to some of our, our other media media colleagues who are who are still in print and hey. Let's just say, let's just say it. Let's they're, just they're, say it. They're, they're doing print, and print is fine because we, we still do print as well, but we also do videos and take pictures and, and on, on YouTube and Twitter. And, I think everybody's on Twitter. If you're, not, if you're in media and not on Twitter, you're really behind. Right. But uh, not everybody is doing uh, video interviews and also knows on, on, on the Internet like Walk and myself. So basketball-wise, we were in Kansas City earlier in the week for uh, media day. 
interesting day was. And uh, it was very interesting, you know, especially the comments and, um, and open forum. Majority of the conversation was, especially in the open forum, was about schools leaving, like Aggies leaving, the Big 12 going to the SEC, meaning last year, as well as possibly Missouri leaving and going to the SEC also, and Missouri leaving, and this is a women's basketball coach's perspective, Missouri leaving the rivalries with Kansas and Kansas State. A&M leaving, touched off a nerve. Uh, media colleague asked Coach Baylor, Coach Kim Mulkey, about her comments regarding President Bowen Lofton, Aggies president, A&M president Bowen Lofton's comments about it's like a divorce. Um, Coach Mulkey's basically response was, and it's on the Big 12 website, Big12Sports.com. Yep, exactly. It's been on uh, the Internet. So on Twitter, I tweeted as soon as she said it at me today. And to paraphrase her, she said, um, I heard the comments that the president made, and he you know, uh, compared it to a divorce. Well, I know a thing about a divorce. You know, she she was married for a while, and, and uh, her husband divorced her. And she said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting her, but the gist of her comments were, she was asked if she would schedule A&M in the future to play Baylor. She was asked, well, it's kind of like um, someone tells me, in a marriage, someone tells me that they no longer want to be married to me, they no longer want me, and yet they still want to sleep with me. So the answer is no. So it seems to be very loud and clear to all of us that she will not schedule Aggies non-conference-wise in the future as long as she's a coach at Baylor. That's her opinion. We'll see how it goes. Other coaches weren't as blunt. And uh, answering the question regarding scheduling Aggies in our conference, as she was, it wasn't straightforward either because it all. But but it's all fluid, you know. Coach Monkey, she speaks her mind. She's never afraid to hold her tongue. So she gave her opinion on that. So that means Baylor and Aggies will not be playing non-conference in the future. On chances they'll meet will be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's a shame because it's a great rivalry with basketball, basketball. But we'll see how it all works out. You know, Oklahoma's coach Sherry Cole said that. They will probably she'll, she'll look into it. She didn't, she yeah. didn't say it was certain that she would schedule Aggies or schedule Missouri in the future, but she'll look into it based on openings on the non-conference schedule. So we'll see how it all goes. But walk at his videos, post on his blog. I wrote up a few articles. Uh, have a video with Adora Alana of Texas A&M senior on YouTube as well as on my blog at HoustonRoundBarView.com. So like I said, we're all over the place. Yeah, uh, I talked to uh, Karen Davis. Uh, From Fort Ben Bush High School. Thank you, sir. At, uh, she's now a junior at Kansas. And I'm going to tell you. She's, she's an unknown star in the Big 12. And if, what, what makes her relevant. I should say lesser known, not unknown. That's right. What makes her relevant was every person there, including Brittany Griner, all mentioned her name as far as the player to be watched this year which said a lot about where her skills are right now. She, uh, she's 6'3", she's 6'4". Six, six, she's a talented post player. I mean, she's, her problem is probably consistency, uh, you know, playing well all the time. She commented on that a little bit, but she's a talented player. And I did ask her, just in case anyone's wondering out there, you know, a uh, Houston area product leaving the Houston area. She said no. She considered the local school. Uh, she, you know, gave them a chance to recruit her. <coughs> she just felt Kansas was the best fit for her. So you respect that, and uh, you accept it. You have to, because uh, she said coaches staff stayed in front of her. They kept, uh, they, they uh, kept in touch, and they also gave her the option. Says, look, make your visits. 
see what's out there. And I always remember that we've got a place for you here. We've got a spot. We're looking forward to having you, and you can help our program. As much as they put pressure on her, they didn't put direct pressure. And that worked out in her favor. All right, let's, let's wind it down here. we got to shift gear to a conference USA football. Oh, uh, we got, uh, oh go ahead. You, uh, before we get away from the uh, realignment uh, deal, don't forget the uh, uh, teleconference call that went out this week uh, for uh, the combination of Mountain West and uh, USA com- combining the schools as far as making in football. It, in, in football, making it relevant to attempt to get an AQ for BCS, getting a realignment, pro, uh, stay with the uh, bowl, bowl realignment and the bowl alliances. Uh, just like uh, KG mentioned earlier, 2014 is the target date for pretty much everybody in the country as far as Division One football programs. I see it as the combination of the two conferences allows them to hold on to the amount of teams available for a championship set up to where, as the bowl alliances are set up now, as far as qualifying. Whether that happens or not, we don't know that, we don't know for sure as far as getting, getting the AQ, but the merger will happen. And this, ironically, both commissioners said these three things. One, they don't have a one person uh, in mind as far as being in charge of the football only part of those two uh, the com- uh, conference combinations. Two, they don't know if this will, this merger will automatically put them in an AQ situation for BCS. Number three, and this was the ironic that everybody kind of like questioning and, and we still has a question. At some point within 90 days, they are to sit down and look to put a schedule together. I find that really strange because non-conference schedules, if I'm not mistaken, I set up three to five years down the way. Right. And the only way you can get out, you have to you have to pay the buyout price per game. A lot of these schools, you can't do that because they're playing smaller schools, schools that they can beat. And they don't have the six-figure dollars just sitting around to buy out a uh, buy a team out, a buy out of, out of a game. So it would be ironic to find out what goes on, what happens, what transpires come 1st of February. And, and along those lines, the alliance is going to be impacted tremendously by Boise State and U of H because if both of them leave, those are the two you know, yeah. big-time football. Because BYU has already left. Correct. So Utah is, is on their way. So we'll see how that all works out, you know. And the one part of me, the selfish part of me, as a Houston Cougar alum, if the Cougars are no longer part of it, I don't really care about the alliance. But right still, you know, part of yeah. it. And we can discuss in the future what are Rice's options, you know, even though they did announce earlier this week about uh, remodeling renovations for a football stadium. But real quick. Who comes to the games? Now, see, since I go, that, that you know, I, I, I mean, immediate. Now, y'all no, think no, that's no, no, more immediate, though. I, I, I actually have season tickets. I've got two season tickets to both U of H and the Rice. So I'm one of those people that actually can go and sit in the stands if I want to and just scream my head off because when you're in a working press box, you're in a working press box, period. Correct. Uh, some of our compadres, uh, they forget that sometimes. Um, and, it's, and it becomes overwhelming, and they have to be escorted out. 
But with that in mind, when you are averaging 15 to 25 uh, to 20,000 folks in a 40, almost a 50,000 seat stadium, it looks strange when you've got that much open space. Now, mind you, you whatever transpires this week and next week, because I'm giving them a week now. Uh, when, they, when the president and the AD come back and has a meeting and then makes announcements, your Cougar fans, your Cougar alumni, they must step up to the plate. It'll be no more about the yak, 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 mouth, mouth, mouth. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. You better show me you capable of putting a shovel in the ground and going to work right then. Because at the end of the day, Wright Stadium was designed and put together from from groundbreaking to, to paperwork to now win the seats in six months back in the 50s. And folks, the place is still standing 60 years old, almost around 60 years old. I think that's where the number is right now. But you, Cougar, U of H Cougars, you all would have to step up to the plate mighty quickly. I agree. And, it, you know, the alum, U of H alum need to uh, step up and with money, with dollars, with uh, butts in the seats, you know, we'll break ground, uh, open in the spring of 2012, and, you know, playing with line for a year, and then being the Big East. So it, it's up to the alum. The alumni support has increased in the last two, three years, without a doubt. You know, kudos to uh, go back to Dave Maggard, Mac Rose, AD, President Couture. Of U of H has done an outstanding job of, of uh, yeah, she's been improving one of a lot of things. U of H in athletics and academics. So she's done an outstanding job earning, earning whatever she's getting to. Um, that's hard work with what, what a program uh, was. Oh, yeah, she's just done an outstanding job. And she's also realized the importance of athletics in terms of academics for promoting the school as a whole. Because, you know, if an athletic team is on TV and it's successful, then you can advertise. You advertise your, you're having school commercials promoting your university as well. So it all it's all tied together. U of H homecoming is tomorrow. Marshall 330 at the Rob, at Robertson Stadium at the Rob. Um, Cougars going to be 7 now. They'll win tomorrow. You know, Cougars are ranked 20th and 22nd or whatever in the polls. They're 19th in the BCS. And the BCS are. is not easy. I mean, that, that, that's a hype team. They're not going to get to BCS Bowl. Oh, by the way, uh, UCLA and that. Sorry. I, I know I'm putting a, putting a dig in, but uh, who was out of the poll and who was in? You mean those Longhorn people? I mean, you mean those Florida people? What are you talking about? That's schools from Florida? Or what are you talking about? I'm talking about those folks up the road on 290. Oh, you know, at Austin? Yeah. Black Brown folks? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they're starting over. They're so, they're so young. And, See, I like the way y'all do. Y'all you know, look when y'all, when y'all start mentioning that. You know, just whatever. Good luck to them in Austin. Uh, Rice play. They host Tulsa tomorrow. Is that correct? Six o'clock. Yes. Uh, you got a win? <laughs> nope. No. Wildcats, sir, you're not giving them. They've got Baylor for a lot of wins here. No. Which tells me you're not expecting him to be back next year. I would probably not buy, I'll put it like this. I would buy one less season ticket if he's back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one right. less season ticket. I'm not saying I will totally shut them out, but it'll be one less. And okay, and it may uh, just be back. Then again, I may just just buy uh, basketball uh, season tickets. Oh, right, men's basketball is probably on a better upswing than right football. 
told me. Trust, trust me. They, they can we know, right? Women's basketball is old love sweet. Yeah, we talked about one to the ter- uh, could could actually qualify for the tournament, and uh, the men would definitely be definitely be in, in postseason play uh, because I just they just I just see the coaching staff getting them to that point this year uh, because supposedly I had, neither one of us have seen them in workouts but I understand everything's going well. Well, we will. Just a matter of time. Yeah. But um, I know you Cooper's are doing okay. The men's practice is going well. Women's practice is considering the new faces, number of new faces, and uh, the experience on the women's team. Yeah. Practice has gotten better. I am glad to say that. So, uh, but I want to forget, TSU has a homecoming tomorrow, 2 o'clock at Del Mar. They're playing Central State University. I know nothing, nothing about Central State University. I don't even. I, you know, got the game notes from SID, TSU. I, I don't know anything. I don't know if that's a win for TSU. I, I, don't, I can say this. If it's coming down to punting, there you go. Trouble. I go that special team. They're in trouble. So, um, Prairie View women, SWAC at media day, I think the same day as Big 12 media day. PV women were predicted to finish first tie with Southern. The PV men were picked uh, seventh. TSU men, I think, were picked fourth. And TSU women were picked ninth. So we'll see uh, how those things work out. You know, if there's predictions, it's good for discussion. But I, I'm looking forward to it with Prairie View women picked first in the SWAT. Rice women picked SWAT in the Conference USA. November 11th. I'm going to start promoting this. November 11th on the Hill. Rice goes up to Prairie View on his basketball. We're going to find out. And we'll see just what things are. We're going to find out. Because Prairie View beat Rice last year. Yeah. So we'll look to see if Rice, led by Jessica Custer and DeFron Smart, can return the favor on the hill. And I'm hoping for a decent crowd. I don't know how, you know, yeah, I don't know. how many folks they're expecting to be up there, but I'm hoping a thousand people will come see Rice Prairie View. So this is a it's a city kind of city game, yeah. you know. So I'm almost a smack talking, you know, exchange whatever between some fans or what have you. But November 11th, seven o'clock at Prairie View, okay. Rice. The thousand people is not asking too much on the up on the hill. A thousand people. And I, I think it's safe to say that you and I'll be there, sir. If, yeah. if, oh, yeah. if God willing, we'll be yes, there. Sir. So, uh, let's One wrap it up. Who are you again? I am the fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me uh, at uh, www.kingsideview.com. My blogger is AKSVVCSR, which is the acronym for Kingside View, the College Sports Reporter. Blogspot.com. My Twitter handle is hashtag AKSVVCSR. And I am KG Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. The website is www.houstonroundbarreview.com. Our Facebook fan page, Houston Round Bar Review. On YouTube as well, the channel is Houston Round Ball. Check out the latest videos and podcasts we posted up there as well. I'm also on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. As always, thank you very, very much for listening. Tell your friends about us. We do things a little bit differently. Talk about a lot of different things, including all the Houston area scores and uh, HBU, uh, you know, St. Thomas, etc. In different sports, we do different things here: NBA, college. So tell us your friends about programs once uh, once you come. Correct. So tell your friends about KT and the Fifth Foot Walk at podcast. Thank you so very much for listening. And in conclusion, as I always say, is to wrap it up. Be true, be cool, and do more. Mm-hmm.